Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. Taking your calls and your questions this afternoon, give me a call. Get on the line with me, 303-690-3000, is the number, and then if you'd like to text me, we have our text line open 24 hours a day, seven days a week now. Uh, it's only available for questions uh, occasionally, uh, like during the show. And then tonight at 7 p.m. Mountain Time, we're going to be taking questions about actually about 7.30, 7.45. As a part of our weekend services, we're going to have a time of worship and a time of prayer and a time of answer question and answers with everything that's going on with the covid so uh give us a call and be maybe you want to send a question question in tonight you want to tune in um, that number is dedicated it's 720-336-0897 and it'd be a good idea to save that number in your phone and connect with us at any time you hear the show on and then when the show is not airing you can text us directly your prayer requests. It is not a f number where we're accepting phone calls. And it is not a number where we're accepting voicemails. Only reserved for text messaging. 720-336-0897. And the number to get on the air is 6303-690-3000. And... Here at the beginning of the show is always the best time to get on the air, where the phone lines start out empty, then they fill up a little bit over time, and then once they're full, they usually stay full for the remainder of the show. If you're brand new, you're listening to Calvary Live, never heard this show before, uh, it is a question and answer prayer pastor show. Uh, if you will, originating from Aurora, Colorado, in the studios of Grace FM. More information on Grace FM, you can go to our website, gracefm.com, gracefm.com. And I want to give a shout-out, I'll do it the second half too, just a shout-out of appreciation for everyone that's continuing to support the ongoing work of Grace FM. Uh, March was a, a difficult month for many churches and many ministries and many businesses, and it was for us as well, but at the same time, it was also a wonderful month of faithfulness. So thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness, for those of you that can give, for those of you that do give. Um, and if you're listening to Calvary Live on a different radio station than Grace FM, like Hope FM or Truth FM or Rock FM, or Refuge FM, or a variety of stations that carry our program, uh, support local 
Christian Radio. Would you please support your local station you hear this on? Uh, continue to help them pay the bills. Uh, keep solid teaching and music on. Reaching your community one soul at a time. 303-690-3000. Teresa, welcome to the program. Hi, I just want to say thank you for what you do for the kingdom of God. You're welcome. Okay. Um, I'm struggling with Malachi 4.4. Okay. Um, it ends kind of like the last chapter of the Old Testament. It, can I read it? Sure. Remember you the law of Moses, my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb for all Israel with the statutes and judgment. And my question is, like, I'm struggling because it's the very end of the Old Covenant. Yes. And then, um, like, I'm, I'm thinking, like, when I read that statutes and judgments, and then it goes to, you know, the, then if you look at Leviticus 26, 46, and it says, at the end, it says, these are the statutes and judgments and laws which the Lord made between it between him and Israel, and then yes. all the chapters before Leviticus 26 and 46 is like four or five chapters of statues and judgment. Yes. And how does that fall in with, like, the New Covenant, like with the animal sacrifices and offerings? And, you know, I would be—if I was Jewish, I would really be struggling with that Malachi 4.4, if, you know what I mean? Or, or even a Christian. I don't know how that—that's where I'm— <laughs> okay, w- when you say you're stuck, are you saying you're stuck as if you were alive when Malachi wrote this, and then you wouldn't know to, what to do next? Or are you saying no, uh, if you were a Jew, because they'd be of stuck today, today, twenty, the year twenty twenty, and um, with how, how does the animal sacrifices and offerings? Because that's w- w- is that considered the statues and judgments? So if you were bound by the old covenant you would be bound to follow the old covenant and the old covenant remember lasted until when till the new covenant till the new covenant and the new covenant was instituted by the blood of, of jesus. jesus christ his death and resurrection and so the new covenant supersedes now the old covenant so a perspective of animal sacrifice today would probably be something along the lines of why why would you choose to subject yourself to the Old Covenant? Because the Old Covenant can't save you. Uh, keeping of the law can't save you. Um, Paul, you know, so what your question is asking is elaborated on throughout the New Testament. It's elaborated on with the coming of John the Baptist, you know, because in verse 5 it says, I'm going to send you Elijah the prophet, um, becoming before uh, the great and dreadful day of the Lord. He'll turn the hearts of fathers to kids and the hearts of children to their fathers. So even in the end of Malachi, there's a there's a prediction of change, um, a prediction uh, along with many other predictions of a new covenant to come, like G, like we get in Jeremiah. So the 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 approach I believe to animal sacrifice would be why uh, Jesus Christ was claimed to be and and affirmed to be the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Jesus was affirmed to be and confirmed to be the sac- that he gave himself once for all. He, he gave himself once for all 
and then the judgment. So for a Jewish person reading the end of Malachi, he has a choice. He He's posed with a choice, and that's either A, to continue to attempt to keep the Old Covenant, and if it was today, they are una- they're unable to offer a sacrifice because the temple doesn't exist. I just got back from a tour to Israel. Uh, the Dome of the Rock is up there. Uh, the, there is no temple on the Temple Mount, so there is nowhere for them to sacrifice. So, so the Old Covenant can't even be kept completely uh, because there is no place for animal sacrifice. That's the choice number one. Will I be made right by the Old Covenant that no longer is binding from God's perspective, or will I move into the New Covenant by faith in Jesus Christ that he has fulfilled, he has become the fulfillment of every point of the law, and so that by faith in him, you and I now fulfill Malachi 4.4, because Jesus fulfilled it on our behalf. And that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to think from a a Jewish perspective. Um, I have very two close, very relatives that are, they practice Judaism, and I, that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm, I believe me. I believe in my whole heart, the new covenant, the whole thing. Sure. Um, I just, I'm, I'm, I was stuck there. Like, how can I? How can I? I, what I'm doing is, I was just stopping there. I should have just said, like you said, that was the click right there when you said by faith, the new covenant. That's just it. it really I is. have that faith. It's just that they don't have that. They don't have that. Their eyes are blinded, the Bible says. They have scales on their eyes currently. And you're part of the tool that God is using to remove those blinders. But but they simply can't see it. Their eyes are not open to the new covenant. They're they're probably taking if mo- most likely they'll take the position that Jesus Christ was an imposter. Uh he was maybe a good man, or maybe he was a good teacher. But there's no way that Jesus Christ was the only way, the only truth, and the only life, and no one can come to the Father except through him. Uh, for the modern-day Jew, they come to the Father through their ancestry. They come to the Father through their religious activity. They come through the Father through their good deeds. Uh, they come through the Father by their regular Sabbath uh, keeping, and as today is Passover, by keeping the Passover feast and meal, and by celebrating the feast of... They, 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 they approach God through the by through legal means, not accepting that the law condemns them because they can't completely keep it. Yes, I I it's been twenty five years I've been praying. It's two sisters. Um, yes, I think there are more. I think somewhere along the road they got hooked up with a with people who were the. I don't know how to pronounce this word. Rabbinic, R A B. They do the sure. Yeah. They're stuck there um, with the laws, and they could like talk. You know, I won't even have a conversation with them about that because they know those books re- really well. And I know I don't. I'm not. I I just I pray more than anything because I I can't answer their all that Jewish like their their knowledge of the the you know the 613 laws or whatever and sure. that's where they're that's where they are at and I was wondering if you could pray for my sisters I can and I think that that what you're doing in their lives is very admirable because we none of us would be very successful 
taking them on to argue with them. But being reasonable with them might be a, a more sound approach like you're taking. And so, yeah, you have 613 uh, commandments. What do you, you know, and so there's a question to ask them. Um, I may not know all 613. I don't. I mean, I'm sure I could look it up, but I don't know them. But my question to them is, what do they do when they break a law? Uh, what do they do when they keep 612 and don't keep 613? What is the remedy for failure before God in the Old Covenant? And there's only one remedy, and that's the, the sacrificial system um, to be given at the, at the appointed place of God. Only God could dictate where you could offer the sacrifice. And when they come to some answer to that, they, they won't be able to answer it because they probably won't even take you to animal sacrifice. They'll probably take you to a place of good deeds. And I forget the Hebrew name for that, but there's a Hebrew name, especially around yeah. the Passover, where they, around <laughs> yeah. Yom Kippur, where they're very much into doing good deeds. Um, but how many good deeds is enough um, to cover up a, a one sin against a holy and a righteous God? So I wouldn't underestimate, I say all that to say this, I wouldn't underestimate the impact that you're having in their life. You're right. Knowledge can be a good barrier for people, that they can learn a few terms and keep you at arm's length with their knowledge. But they're a human being just like you and just like me. So even at a arm's length, they still go through the things um, that, that you and I go through. And on top of that, they go through things with a deep sense of separation from God. Isn't that ironic? You could be a student of Judaism, sin under the rabbis, and like Paul, like Saul of Tarsus, we have an insight of a person that did exactly the same thing, who was rabid, who was a raving, angry, frustrated, furious man who had no true relationship with God. He only had a relationship with knowledge. Yes, and look how God used him. That's why I really believe, like, I know it's been a long time, but if my sister's what, like yeah. you said, the skills from their eyes fall, you know, when it, when they open up, when they confess their sin, repent, and ask Jesus back, because Jesus was in their heart at, when, yes. they're, when we were growing up, but mm -hmm. along the road, um, they w went bumping people, and they were deceived, and um, now mm -hmm. their eyes are, they're blinded, but I really believe in the power of prayer. Yes. And look how God used Paul. I mean, the whole, he traveled the whole Europe and everywhere. I was just looking he at did. it the other day. It's, it's amazing how he, I know he used ships, but he walked most of the way. Did he? Did he walk most of the way, Paul? He did. He walked. He went on donkey. He uh, took yes. ships. He, he had the modern-day travel that was available to them, which was primarily walking and animals. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, let's pray. Father, I pray for Teresa as she has a deep abiding love for her sisters and a depth of care and concern for them that they are in a very dangerous place spiritually. And I pray for them, God, that their relationship with truth would be more than books and more than instruction, but rather a, a real relationship with Jesus Christ, you, Lord who revealed yourself as truth. You're not a truth. You're not some truth. You are truth incarnate. 
And I pray in their quest for truth that they would go all the way, that they wouldn't settle uh, for some kind of head knowledge, but rather they would continue that journey of seeking truth, <clears throat> looking for truth, until, they, until that journey ends with faith in you. And use Teresa, keep her encouraged, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, bye-bye. It, it, thank you. All right. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. Text me, 720-336-0897. Joe up in Fort Collins. Joe, welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor Ed. Hey. How are, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing okay. I just wanted to say thank you for that. Samantha from your church called me on Friday to see how we were doing, and she prayed for okay. us, and I really appreciated it. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, it was great. But I was just calling to to say thank you. Thank you for everything you guys do, and I really appreciate it. You're welcome, and you are doing well? What was the answer to that question? Yep, things are going good. I'm still working. Uh, Everybody in the family is doing good. Everybody's still working, so can't complain. Oh, that's good. That's very good to hear. Well, thanks for calling, Joe. Yeah, I just wanted to say thanks. You're welcome. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number, 720-336-0897. Those are all lines are wide open. We're still on the stay-at-home order here in Colorado and most states around the country. Uh, Here at Calvary, we are going to continue with our our normal Easter services. Uh, to the best of our ability. Of course, they have now gone online, so a big part of that is not normal at all. But we are going to air a Easter service at every time that we said we would. And so we made more capacity this year in our building to reach more people. So we're going to keep that capacity, and we're going to start our our Resurrection Weekend, our Easter services this Friday. Uh, we have a Good Friday service. It takes about an hour. It will be on online. Everything's online right now at noon. And we'll be looking at the significance of the crucifixion. It's a very somber service. Uh, not, not, not any jokes or anything like that. It's just the facts of what scourging is. And Roman pers- uh, Roman crucifixion, and then we'll be airing Easter services that are recorded live, uh, four o'clock and six o'clock Saturday night, and then up early in the morning at six forty-five, eight forty-five, and ten forty-five. So we will have services all weekend, as we uh, advertised, as we put out flyers. And here's what we're doing. I want to invite you to go to our website. You can do this too. You don't have to be a part of our church. You can do this too. Uh, this is just open to all believers. We would have uh, been able to, to get the information out a lot better if we started earlier, but we didn't. Uh, because of everything going on, we were able to get this out in a day. So props to everybody that was able to get this out in a day. Uh, but we're doing something called hashtag Jesus Change My Life. Hashtag Jesus Change My Life. Go to our website calvaryco.church slash Jesus changed my life. 
uh, and all the information is available there. Basically, what we're doing is we're recording our testimonies, posting them on our sh- social media, tagging them with two hashtags, Jesus changed my life, and then another hashtag is I am changed. And then, of course, for our church, hashtag Calvary Church at Home, and then tag your church. And in that video, we're inviting people to have Easter on their mind. We're inviting people to hear of changed lives. We're inviting people to, we're, we're taking over our doing our part. It wasn't our idea. It was a friend of mine in California, uh, Pastor Jeremy Treat, who pastors a church called Reality Los Angeles. Uh, we're joining in with him and churches all around the country so that we can flood social media. And I think this might be something we stick around and we do again every year. Uh, with a little bit more planning and preparation, uh, you know, we don't we didn't get a chance to communicate it very well to our church because we can't gather. Uh, but we put in our emails, we put on our website. So go to our website, calvaryco.church/slash Jesus changed my life. Jump on board and get involved. It's something very easy to do. You've got a phone. It has a video feature. You have social media. So let's do this. 303-690-3000. Keith in Colorado, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. Hey, Keith. How you, how you doing today? I'm okay. It sounds like there's some challenges that you're facing right now. Yeah, um, Monday, uh, my wife, I, we went to the doctor, and she's facing some uh, uh, lung cancer diagnosis. Oh, I'm sorry. And uh, they're probably going to be doing a, uh, maybe find out at the end of this week what kind of treatment plan she's going to have. Okay. So, and then today, uh, a co-worker of mine, I called her on the phone, and uh, she was crying. Her An uncle that she's pretty close to is in the hospital up here with uh, corona virus, and... uh, they're taking him off the vent ventilator today because he's not doing well. Sorry. Well, so kind of, a, we, kind of a bad day. We bring our brother Keith to you uh, with a very bad day and a bad week, God, to hear of his precious wife being diagnosed with cancer and a co-worker, um, just the challenges that they have with coronavirus, on top of everything else, God. I pray for Keith's wife that you would bring healing into her body, that when this cancer gets staged, that it's not as advanced as it could be, Lord. Not only that, but that it could be less than what was expected. Not only that, Lord, but that the treatment plans would be such that could eradicate these renegade cells in her body. That you would give Keith a supernatural strength to walk alongside his wife in this battle to be an encouragement, to be, God, uh, strength when he is at his weakest. And I pray as he has, you know, connections at work too with his coworkers that it has indeed been a bad day and a bad week, maybe a bad few weeks with the stay-at-home order and everything. But you give a supernatural strength that's above our weaknesses. And so I pray for that in his life today. And we pray for the healing and the health of his wife. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Pastor Ed. Keep us up to date, Keith, would you? 
Okay, yeah, thanks for everything you do for us out there. Thank you, brother. Okay, thank you. Bye. All right, bye-bye. Hey, let's move on to Jim in Parker, Colorado. Jim, welcome to the program. Hey, Patrick. Uh, sure appreciate your show. Hey, what's going on? Um, I just wanted to give a praise. Uh, about three years ago, God really put on my heart to create a workout system that people can do at home uh, or in the okay. workplace. And at the time, I honestly thought God was crazy because I don't know a whole lot about fitness. But we uh, spent a whole bunch of time researching and studying and, and developing, and we're really getting close to launching, which is really exciting. And with everything that's going on, uh, we hope that it can really help people. Hey, man, that sounds great. Yeah, and the best part is uh, we're actually faith-based filmmakers, and we want to use every penny that we make from this to go to make more great Christian films. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah. So uh, my business partner is out in uh, Franklin, Tennessee, and uh, I sure would appreciate it if you could just pray for us and, and appraise and then obviously lift up all the people who are discouraged or have lost their life savings or their businesses or, or jobs or even loved ones' lives. Well, let's do that. Father, I pray for David and his business partner. I know that they have uh, taken to a an approach uh, in their business dealings, Lord, to honor you, to communicate the gospel through creativity and the making movies and media. I pray, God, that you would... Excuse me, Jim. <laughs> you know who he is, Lord. Um, I pray that you would give him favor as he launches this new business, as you give him wisdom on how to do it, uh, and just even leading him in a way that he didn't have a lot of knowledge, but that you gave him knowledge to launch something that he hasn't done before. So, God, we pray for favor and increase, and God, that the proceeds indeed would go right back into the gospel and getting the gospel out in a variety of different ways. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Hey, thanks so much, Ed. I sure appreciate you and the church and all you do. Thank you. Bye-bye, Jim. All right, we've just got a few minutes before the uh, beginning of the first break, the only break. Give me a call, 303-690-3000. Here's a text question, uh, praying for prayer, uh, asking for prayer for the COVID-19 situation. And then there's a scripture question. What does Revelation 3.10 mean? Because you kept my command to endure, I'll also keep you from the hour of testing, to which is, come, which, which is to come on the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. I believe that that is a uh, beautiful text of Jesus telling a church that they will not endure the coming trials that are up ahead. In the context in Revelation, the coming trials that are up ahead are known as the seven-year Great Tribulation period. It's not just the last three and a half years, but the whole seven years fits into Daniel's 70th week, and the whole time, even though the first part of it's peaceful, relatively peaceful, uh, the whole time is known as the time of God's wrath. So I believe this is a promise. It's interesting you ask this question, because on my website yesterday, edtaylor.org, I posted an article of 12 reasons why I believe in a pre-trib rapture. 12 reasons why I believe in a pre-tribulational rapture. And Revelation 3.10 is one of them. 
that Jesus has promised that some will escape, that Jesus has promised that that there will be some that will not, that there will be believers that will not go through the hour of testing. And I believe that refers to the rapture of the church. And and I put that in the article. So go to my website, edtaylor.org. I think it's like one the, the top one or two articles because I just posted it. Uh, 12 Reasons Why I Believe in a Pre-Trib Rapture, edtaylor.org. Coming up on the first break and the only break of the show, Again, you're listening to Grace FM, Calvary Live. Shout out to everyone on Truth and Hope FM on stations around the country. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Grab that open line while you can. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back to the second half of today's program. My name is Ed Taylor, pastor here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado, a Denver suburb. Of course, you guys up and down the front range here, down in Colorado Springs, uh, you know that, but for those outside of Colorado, uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. We're taking your calls and your questions. 303-690-3000. If you're a leader, if you're an elder, if you have responsibility in the Church of Jesus Christ, or you're a CEO or supervisor, or you want to learn how to be a better leader, we launched a, a podcast last year that I entitled Lead to Serve. Lead, and then the number two, serve. All one word. And we are in our second season. The reason I mention it is I've been posting a couple of episodes here and there specifically toward leading in crisis and leading with the coronavirus issues and the things that are going on. And I dropped a episode today on the topic of fear and courage as it relates to leadership in light of the coronavirus. So you can go to um, you can go to our website, you can get our app. If you go to our um, Instagram, we have a link tree on our bio that you can connect with lead to serve. You can go to anywhere you get your podcast and you can search for my name, Ed Taylor or lead to serve and start downloading and listening. It's basic servanthood leadership principles. It started with an idea uh, to take what I was teaching the men and women in the school of ministry and uh, put it out there for more people than just a classroom setting. I just sense that the days are short, so we're getting all this information out. Uh, and if you're just really baffled right now, you're wondering, I did. I think I've done three episodes. One of them actually was a Q&A with Pastor Eric Cartier down in the Springs, uh, and we talked about the... Um, we talked about the virus when it was first coming out and what we're going to do to lead and changes we need to make. And I've added a couple more since then. Lead, the number two, serve. Lead to serve is the podcast. Get it wherever you download your podcasts. 303-690-3000. David in Littleton, Colorado. David, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor. Thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. Hey, I'm calling to make a prayer request, if you will. I'm... Uh, one of many EMTs and paramedics that are out here serving every day and 
we've watched over the news over the last month, uh, some of our own brethren here in Aurora and Denver, that they uh, have caught in the virus in the scope of their duties. So just calling to see if you can make some prayers for all of us who still have to go out there and just cover us from this body, please. Absolutely. You know, my son was a police officer, and I worked in the ambulance industry for mo- all my career before I came to uh, before I began to pastor. And so, um, you guys are near and dear to my heart. So, Father, I pray for my my brother David, uh, even my neighbor Larry here for the Aurora Fire Department, and I think of Matt and so many others in the Aurora PD, the state troopers, fire department, paramedics, EMTs. Frontline CNAs, RNs, you know them, doctors, everyone on the front lines, Lord, that are they're running to danger. They're not running away from danger in order to fulfill the very practical, real call that you have upon their lives to provide medical help and medical care. We do pray for a protection during this time, God, uh, uh, not only supernaturally, but also naturally, that people would be respectful, that people would uh, be careful, and that... David would be able to come home to his home, his family. Um, I think of other, you know, we have uh, nurses and people connected in our body as well. Like I just, I can think of all these people in my mind that are on the front lines. And I pray God that you would keep them strong and protected physically, emotionally, spiritually, bring them home safely, Lord, until this uh, pandemic subsides. And we pray that would happen quickly in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Okay, brother. Stay strong, man. Stay safe. I'm trying. Thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye. I also just had this flash in my mind of chaplains. I know Dave is out riding with the PD all the time, and there are chaplains with the fire department. My buddy Mike is a chaplain in Minnesota. And, you know, it just it's, it's wide-ranging, and we pray for that protection. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. All lines are open. All lines are open. And let's see. Uh, here's a prayer request that's come through on our uh, prayer line. Please pray for my wife and I. We're going through a separation. Pray for healing, forgiveness, and hearts changed. Father, I pray for healing, forgiveness, and heart change uh, in this relationship, in this marriage. Um, I know that there is such a thing as biblical separation temporarily for a time of prayer and fasting and seeking the Lord and then coming back together quickly. And I'm not so certain that this prayer request covers that kind of separation, but even so, any kind of separation would be used as a time to draw near to you and then to draw near to each other. So I pray, God, that you would have your hand upon this marriage in Jesus' name. Amen. And I do call it a marriage. You guys are still married. Hey, I had a thought about Easter. Uh, You know, God's ability to work on Easter uh, isn't dependent upon us being able to gather in a church. How many times have you heard your pastor say, the church is not a building, the church is not a building, the church is not a building, you are the church? Uh, I must have said that in 20 years here, I don't know, 200, 300, 500 times, who knows? 
that you and I are the church. We're not dependent upon a building, but our model of ministry is so stinking building-centric. It's so organizationally-centric. Instead of doing something, people want to start a ministry. Um, God never called you to start a ministry. He called you to deliver food. You know, so example, I'll give you an example. Um, A need comes to your door, and your thought is, well, this is a great need. I should call the church, and we should start a ministry. Actually, no. You should take the food to your neighbor, because the need came to you. Uh, And, you know, we can't gather together because we can't go to the building. What do you mean you can't gather together? Well, you know what I mean, Ed. We can't come in the same room and sit in chairs together. Yeah, but you can still gather together. You can still pray. How many times has our pastor taught us? Uh, and, and I have a pastor, you have a pastor. So how many times have our pastors taught us that through prayer, we can travel anywhere around the world behind closed doors, behind locked doors? Like the ministry of prayer is so powerful. And yet, we don't pray. You know, be, the power of Easter is not meeting in a building. It's not having a sunrise service at Red Rocks, even though, hint, hint, we want to do that. We want the license. We want the contract. Just whoever's listening out there, maybe there's somebody listening. I'm putting it on record. I want that contract. I would love to put on a collaborative Easter sunrise service at Red Rocks for 20, well, probably not for 20 years, but maybe 15 of those years. I don't know exactly when I started wanting to do that, but I would be willing to, and our team would be willing to oversee it and collaborate with every true Christian church in town. And uh, anyway, that's a sidetrack, but we don't need Red Rocks, do we? No, we don't need it. We haven't had Red Rocks uh, in years, and we still have power of the resurrection. See, it's not dependent upon a building, and, and right now the church is being tested, I believe, on this building-centric model of, of church and that everything has to be the organization and what, what have them call the church. Like, like, so a believer gets a phone call and then the believer's counsel is, well, call the church. Well, what are you talking about? You are the church. They've already called the church. Yeah, but I'm not a pastor. Well, okay, uh, that's okay. There's a lot, most of the people in the church are not pastors. Um, you are... You are, um, oh, I just lost my train of thought. Sorry. Um, you are the church. We're priesthood of believers. And you don't like, you don't, well, you know, the, somebody called me and has a need and I, I need to call the church. No, you are the church. Do you have any thoughts on that? I'd love to hear. Maybe you have an alternative view. You go, Ed, forget you. It is organizational. We do need that. Um, okay, well, I, I'd love to hear you out. 303 690 3000. Dan calling from Denver. Dan, welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor Ed. How are you doing? I'm okay. How are you? I'm doing awesome. My wife and I are uh, over-the-road truck drivers, and we're on the highway now heading back home for a few days. And um, me and my wife attended one of your services, and I I can't remember the title of the service. I think it was something... uh, in the lines of facing your uh, facing giants, where yes. you had a whole bunch of stones and rocks up there on the oh, yeah. uh, uh, on the um, stage there, yes, and you gave them out. You asked all, uh, the congregation to come up and pick up a rock. Yeah, isn't that cool? Yeah, I still have it in my pocket. I have it. It hasn't left my pocket <laughs> ever since that night. That was like last summer. 
And I tell you yeah, what, it, was... it really encourages me. And, uh, you know, that whole, you know, with, with what we're going through, you know, with this COVID thing and, you know, trying to, you know, pray for our drivers, praying for medical personnel and all those being affected by it, you know, it just, it encourages me, you know, what, what David did when he was facing his giant. Mm. And, um, you know, this is, this is a giant too, you know, but, you know, God's a lot bigger than that. That's right. He is a lot bigger than that. So, wow. I just wanted to thank you for that rock. You're welcome. I, tra- I I just saw, I traveled, I actually traveled with that message. You know, I taught it here at the church, but uh, when I was a guest teacher at various churches, I took that message with me, and we were able to collect rocks pretty much wherever I went. And it was my way of, uh, it's not unique to me, because when we take tours to Israel, we'll go down into that area where uh, the val- what's known as the Valley of Elah and the place that we meet, uh, we we walk down into a creek bed, and there are rocks there. And so whoever's teaching there will do the same thing. They'll teach a devotional. We'll worship right there in the Valley of Elah, where in that general area the battle took place. And then and then we encourage folks to pick up rocks and bring them back as a memory, as a as a um, as a memorial stone of the faithfulness of God. Because if faith, God was faithful with David, He'll be faithful with us. Yeah. You know, yeah, I believe it. But thank you for being an encouragement to uh, my wife and I. Uh, we listen to your show a lot, and um, we also like to hear. Uh, we like the show personally because we like to pray for those that are, for the callers that are calling in, and yes, you know, we learn a lot. So thank you, Pastor. Yeah, you're welcome. God bless you, brother. Thanks. All right, bye-bye. 303-690-3000. That, that message is fresh on my mind, too, because I just saw one uh, in one church I went to, they bought these really nice, shiny uh, rocks, and I have mine. I saw it in my drawer uh, next to my bed uh, last night, and I was thinking of this very thing of the faithfulness of God no matter what the battle is. Hey, did you know that um, this time of stay-at-home order, the coronavirus and COVID-19 has created a lot of bad dreams? Has that been part of your testimony, that you've had a lot of weird, bad, discouraging dreams? Uh, I saw that this morning, and if that's you, I just want to pray for you. Um, And you could text me later and say, hey, you prayed for me. But if you've had some really bad, scary, challenging, weird dreams, I want to pray for you. Father, I pray for those that aren't able to get to sleep at night because of these very difficult dreams that are waking them up, startling them, instilling fear in them. They're dreams that are scary, uh, frightening. And I pray for those listening in that they would be able to receive the promise that you give your beloved rest. And Lord, I pray for myself. I know seven years plus I haven't been able to sleep very well and for a variety of reasons. And 
I pray that I too would get some sleep. And then I think of my brother and his wife praying for their prodigal son and some challenges. They haven't been sleeping the last couple nights. And so I lift them up to you. And I pray, God, for rest. You would think that we'd be the most rested with this stay-at-home order, but it's been challenging. And so I pray for those that haven't been sleeping well. I pray for those that have been worried. I pray for those that even when they do fall asleep, uh, they are overwhelmed and woken up in the middle of the night by dreams and, and not good ones. I pray you'd put a peace upon their hearts and minds in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If that's been you, just send me a text, 720-336-0897. Let me know that we prayed for you, okay? Say, yeah, I haven't been able. I've had these dumb dreams too. And that way we'll just know that the Lord was thinking of you. Put it on my heart today. We're going to have service tonight at 7 o'clock here at Calvary Church. And we're going to have worship together. We're going to pray together. Uh, Get your communion elements ready as we come together. uh, And I'll instruct on getting your uh, communion ready. And then instead of Bible study tonight, we're going to have a time of Q&A. So if you'd like to join us in a time of Q&A, go for it. We'll have it online. We'll have it live. It'll be kind of like Calvary Live. I'll be up on stage with my son, Joshua, uh, Pastor Josh, and we'll take your calls. We're actually going to take your questions via text only, and we're going to use this line, 720 Three three six zero eight nine seven. So we don't have the ability to funnel the calls yet into the sanctuary. Uh, we're thinking about it, and we're thinking about how to make it happen, but it's not there yet. Uh, so instead, we're going to use our text line, which is perfectly great. We're going to be just fine with that, and we will have some pre-scheduled questions, of course. Uh, but we'd love to hear from you. Um, I did an interview today with a brother of mine in Florida. And the whole half hour was just packed with nonstop questions. Questions about marriage. How do I help my husband? Um, how do I, how do I, how does submission look in the home? Uh, not just like biblically, but in light of this difficult, uh, in light of this difficult time. So um, be ready tonight. We're going to have a regular service, but Q and A, uh, and we just want to be able to make ourselves available to our church family, but also to those listening on Grace FM uh, to just answer any question. Uh, And we're not taking Bible questions. like It's not that kind of night. It's more along the lines of we've been in this stay-at-home order for a while, the coronavirus. I mean, we're not doctors, so we're not going to be answering questions like that. But biblically, uh, how do we respond? What's on your mind? What's been hard? What's been difficult? Uh, So 303-690-3000. Here's a text that just came through. Pastor Ed, can I please ask you how one deals with the guilty feeling and the sense of loss and loneliness after my wife passed away from cancer two months ago? I feel guilty because I couldn't help her the last few days. And I guess I also feel guilty because I'm here and she's not. Uh, I sometimes wonder if she's disappointed with me because we had a plan in place for her last few days, but it didn't go as planned. Well, let me answer the, the, the question, the multifaceted question, with the easy answer first. But before I get to the answer, I just want to acknowledge to you, I'm sorry that you are overwhelmed by grief right now. I'm sorry that the grief has been complicated by these inability to help, um, uh, inability to 
help her in her last few days, um, that's a very difficult feeling to have. And it's something that's shared with our, our inability to help our son in his last days because the medical decisions were, were not ours to make. We were not allowed uh, to, be make, to make those decisions. And so I understand that feeling. Uh, I, I wish I would have done more. I wish I would have stood up at the court and said, no, we want, we want to be able to speak. And, and you got all these would-haves and could-haves. And, and so I'm sorry because that, that makes grief even the worst and, and even hard. So let me answer. So, so I guess to say it, that's a normal feeling, but it is super hard. And I don't have a tremendous amount of advice to give to you except some general things I'll get to in a moment. But let's answer the one I think is very clear. I wonder if she's disappointed with me um, because we had a plan for her last days, but it didn't go as planned. And the answer is no. She's not disappointed with you. Even though the plan that you guys had didn't work, she's not disappointed with you. She loves you. And she loved you to the very end. Even though you guys weren't able to execute the plan, it didn't change your love for her and her love for you. Uh, she's not disappointed. As a believer in Jesus Christ, she's celebrating uh, and enjoying and waiting for you in the presence of the Lord. How do you deal with the guilt feeling? You confess it. Even if you made mistakes, you know, you think you could have done things better, you probably could have. I mean, who, who, which of us, you know, when you, you know, you trust someone and then they lie to you, uh, how can you, you trust someone to give you the opportunity, you trust someone that, you, you, when you put your trust in people and it doesn't take place, you put your trust in authorities, you put your trust in family members and it doesn't take place, then you, you have to lean upon the, the, the faithfulness of God that nothing happened apart from his will, even though there's some ugliness that surrounds it. And guilt is an overwhelming feeling that you need to confess before God. And I would encourage you, confess it before God. And just lay your cares and concerns before him. But guilt is normal. And loneliness is going to be normal. But things do get better. I'm seven years past it now, uh, and it's still pretty bad. Like it was, it's still grief is just, uh, you know, for me, I didn't lose my wife. I lost my boy in with horrific circumstances surrounding it. And, and it's hard. Of course it's hard. And I, if I look back too much, I, I should have done this. I shouldn't have trusted there. I should have stood up. I mean, I could, I could go on and on, but that's not how it went down. That wasn't God's will for my life. And, and I need to trust that God is working all things together for the good. And I do trust that God is working all things together for the good. But it doesn't remove the pain. Pain is, pain is good. And pain just reveals that you're human. And I want to in, encourage you, go to this website, griefshare.org. Griefshare.org. And there's a lot of free resources on there. On a, and because of the COVID-19 situation, and we can't have grief share classes. They posted all their materials up there for free. So I haven't gone there recently, but the person that our elder Bob that oversees it for us said that they posted everything up there for free. So go up there and, and check out the website, 
griefshare.org. And I'm very sorry. Uh, I really am. Um, I wish you weren't going through what you were going through. But it also reveals that you truly loved your wife and had a very special relationship with her. And I'm sorry for your loss. 303-690-3000. I just got a text real quick that here is a person that had strange dreams. uh, And uh, it says, uh, strange dreams, they're kind of normal, but last night was above strange, um, but very real and out of the ordinary. And I'm telling you, it's it's true. Um, And so I'm glad that you shared that with me. We're praying. Praying that the Lord would comfort our minds. Let's head over to uh, Maryland. Uh, Penny is calling in from Maryland. Welcome to the program. Thank you. You're welcome, Penny. We only have a few more minutes left, so how can I help you? Um, I'm I'm just uh, calling in to get prayer that I get the Holy Spirit in my heart. And um, I also have a second question, but I uh, guess I can do that after I do the prayer. I don't know, whatever way is. Well, go ahead. Uh, Why don't you give it all to me at once, and then I'll end in prayer. Okay. So it's, uh, me and my fiancé, we've been together for at least seven years. Um, okay. We're not married. We want to get married. We plan on getting married this year. And then COVID-19 set in because we were just going to do a real simple wedding because we don't have all that um, luxuries and stuff. So we're just trying okay. to get to a pastor that can just pray for us and let us exchange our vows. But um, now I don't think we'll be able to get through to any pastor. So I was looking online today to see if there is a way that a pastor can help you do that with a video, like a video interaction or to help you guys to change vows on a video or something. I don't know, but I just put the question out there. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I would start with my local church. And let the local pastor that oversees you walk you through um, this process, uh, and and make sure that uh, you guys are you guys aren't living together, are you? Well, yes, we are. We have three kids, and then we are expecting uh, one. Why is it taking you guys so long to get married? Can you guys go down to the courthouse and do it? Um, we talked about it every time. It's just. We haven't just gotten up and say, oh, this is it. Let's just go do it. Um, but this time we just don't want to continue having kids together and sure. living together. No, and then, you don't. You know, it just gets ugly. It just gets more uglier and uglier every well, let time me pray we for try you. to like, say, let's get better. Or let's get good finances and do it. And let's All right, well, let's pray. Father, I pray for my sister Penny where you're sorting things out in her life. I pray, God, that in this relationship with her fiancé, that they would indeed step into the covenant of marriage, that they would turn their back on their past living arrangements, uh, even choosing to sin in a way, in many ways, Lord, but also having a family together. I pray that there would be a covenant together so that they would honor you with their lives and that you would open the door for Penny in Glen Burnie, Maryland, to find a pastor or a justice of the peace to get this right until they can have a small ceremony with friends and family. In Jesus' name, amen. Penny, keep us up to date, okay? Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. All right, well, come on out. 
huh, I'm used to saying that. You can't come on out, but you can come out online. Uh, they say church is canceled. It is not canceled. You cannot cancel service. So we're. I'm looking at our um, at our live screen here. There's a counter on it. Calvary Church at Home is our hashtag, and we're going to be worshiping together with Pastor Ian. We're going to be praying together. We're going to get your communion elements ready because during worship, you're going to take communion as a family, which we do every Wednesday night. And then we are going to, up on the stage, have a time of Q&A with Pastor Joshua. And this is the first time we're doing this, so we're excited about trying something new. And it'll be very similar to Calvary Live, except we're not going to be taking general Bible questions, but more questions about how this is affecting you, how can we pray for you, uh, how can we help you. It will be broadcast live on Grace FM, because uh, we have always believed here at Calvary that the church is bigger than the walls. Always, always, always. Even when we were just a few people meeting in the basement on Hampton and Winston, We've always believed that the the church is bigger, bigger, bigger than some building, and it is. You're the church. So when God puts someone into your life, serve them, love them. How? In Jesus' name. By the way, tell somebody about Grace FM. Use your Nextdoor app. Nextdoor app. I know a lot of you use that. Use it for the gospel. Put a little note there to say, tune in to Grace FM. You're looking for a Bible study source? gracefm.com 89.7 up here 1017 down in the springs love you guys we'll see you in a couple hours online calvaryco.church you've been listening to Calvary Live tune in next time for prayer and God's word